This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're at Exodus chapter 25, verse 6, and we're dealing with a subject matter that I I love to deal with. I love to deal with, and that is the Holy Spirit. Uh, As we're studying through this passage, you have gold, silver, bronze, which, which points to the Father and the Son, their royalty, the blood price paid for by by Jesus in silver, God's God's judgment and his truth in bronze. Then you have the work of God in the in the cloths and the skins, God's work of redemption and and God's paying for that relationship. It speaks to, in the Old Testament framework, it would speak to covenants and God making covenants with man and that covenant being in blood. And you've got that picture. Then you've got the acacia wood, which is us. And then you have really the whole purpose of God coming, and that is to provide us with the methodology by which we have a relationship with him, the conduit, as it were or the aspect of his nature that makes it possible for us to be with him. When he's sovereign and he's holy and all that, that speaks to his unapproachableness, his his greatness, his beyond us-ness, I guess is what you would say. He's far beyond what we could get to. And when you think about that, then you say, how am I ever going to approach God? How can I ever know him? How can I ever reach out to God? How can I have a relationship with him? And then God says, God says, I'm going to provide that way. I'm going to make that, make it possible that you can. And that, that we see that in Jesus, we see that in his work, in his redemptive work. But then God says, I am going to relate to you individually. And he does that even in the Old Testament by his spirit. But he does that in the New Testament in a, in the most powerful way, in that he literally goes from tabernacling with the, with the Israelites in the wilderness to meeting with the Israelites in a temple in Jerusalem to now he is meeting with us in our own heart. He is tabernacling with us in our own heart. And, and that is powerful that God has made a way for me literally to commune with him. He's not only come to earth, come to creation and met with us, but now he is communing within us. And when you get to the Holy Spirit, and oftentimes we treat the Holy Spirit as third fiddle, and in in ways that is true, it's not true in that he, he is not equal to God, but it's true in that the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. He points us to Jesus, and Jesus glorifies the Father. And sure, there is a hierarchy. If you had to, if you had to pick it, Jesus said, "Not my will, 
but your will. So he is subject to the Father's will, and he has made himself that way by his own will. And the Holy Spirit does the same thing. The Holy Spirit is not glorifying himself. And I think that's real important because as my Pentecostal flavoring, the aspect of my walk with God that has some Pentecostal to it, I need to remember that the Holy Spirit is not here to glorify himself. He's here to glorify the Son. And so that's important, and that can keep that me going off too far in, in a direction that I shouldn't. It keeps it in check. But that being said, my Pentecostal flavoring also, and you say, what kind of flavoring do you have? I am a spiritual mutt. And I have my my family background is primarily Baptist, but a lot of Methodist. My theological background, you would have to you would definitely have to sprinkle in some Presbyterian. And then if you said my worship background, it moved from Baptist to Baptocostal to a little bit of Pentecostal as I've walked with God and I believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit and his work on the earth. And I believe that I believe that God wants God takes very seriously that we understand the work of the Holy Spirit, that we do not diminish the holy work of the Holy Spirit, nor do we attribute the work of the Holy Spirit to the enemy. And the reason is because He's the conduit in which God has intimacy with us, and God the Father and God the Son, as they sit in the throne room of heaven, want to be intimate with us. And how is that capable? How is that possible through the Holy Spirit? And so his work is really important. And so in the tabernacle, if it's going to be a picture of God coming and meeting with us, which it is, if it's going to be that picture, then I need to look at it and say, where is the Holy Spirit in this? Anytime in scripture in this, I love to teach this. This is so fun, so much fun because when you start seeing it, you can't stop seeing it. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things that once you figure it out, it's like a puzzle that's on the internet and you look at it and you go, they go find the, find the bunny with three ears and you can't find it. You can't find it. You can't find it. And then all of a sudden you find it. And then once you find it, boy, you can't stop finding it. Every time you look at the picture, you see the bunny with three ears. That's all you see. The Holy Spirit is that way also. Once you realize uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, and once you realize the work of the Holy Spirit going on around you, once you see him at work, you begin to not be able to not see him, which is the double negative. And I do have a Ivy League education, and I do re realize that's grammatically wrong. What it means is that you're going to see him all the time once you see the Holy Spirit start start making the Holy Spirit a part of your walk with God, which is the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit coming. Jesus said it was necessary. Don't you hear that? He, he said it is a necessary event that must take place. I must go so that the Holy Spirit may come and have its fullness. And what, why is he saying that? Because Jesus knew that he had become finite in order to be a man. And that forever and ever, because he had come to be a man and wanted to continue to be with us in the image of God in mankind, he's going to continue. He's a man in heaven right now. He's a human being. And he realized that also makes him limited in the fact that he can't be everywhere. And it was necessary that he could he go so that the Holy Spirit would come and so that the Holy Spirit could manifest God to every human being in every heart. And God pours his spirit out on all flesh. And that spirit, that spirit woos us. And many do not receive the Holy Spirit. Many do not receive the receive his wooing. Many are not born again. But those who are born again and have the Holy Spirit living inside of them and the Holy Spirit at work all around them. And when you realize that's going on and when you see it, 
You can't miss it. In scripture, there are three. Let me go. Let me say this. There are four or five major pictures of the Holy Spirit. One of them is not seen much in scripture, but it's the dove. And obviously the spirit of God uh, came down on Jesus like a dove when he was baptized in the Jordan River. Now you don't see that picture very much. It's a beautiful picture. It's a wonderful picture. It's a great study, but you don't see it very much in scripture. The other uh, picture of the Holy Spirit in scripture that you see a good bit, but not a lot is the wind. And I love that picture of the Holy Spirit in Scripture. The wind is a very powerful picture of the Holy Spirit because, well, you can't see the wind. We know it's there. We can feel it. We don't know where it's coming from, and we don't know where it's going. But when it is, its presence is being manifest or made known, we know it because our hair gets blown. Because if it's a cool wind, we're, we're cooled off maybe in the summertime. Or if it's a hot wind, it just makes it hotter. And so the Holy Spirit's like the wind. And wow, what a great picture of the Holy Spirit. Now, the other three kind of fall in a category. And and generally speaking, liquids in the Bible represent the Holy Spirit. And there are three primary liquids in the Bible that represent the Holy Spirit. They are wine, there are oil, or oil that is used for worship, and then and then there is water. And water is the, the most common use of the holy use in scripture to signify the holy spirit and it is it is the picture of the washing of the spirit and and it's the picture of the salvific process uh, uh says salvation happens he washes us from the world he washes our flesh he cleans us and he prepares us uh, uh for relationship with god uh, the washing of the holy spirit's mentioned when it's talking about a husband uh washing his wife in in and and preparing her for uh, holiness, and he says, I tell you a mystery that's the same as Christ in the church. Christ uses the Holy Spirit to, he just uses the Holy Spirit to to wash us and cleanse us and make us alive. And and so when the Holy Spirit's cleaning us up and getting the gunk out of our eyes and the mess out of our ears and allowing us to hear and to see, well, it's just powerful. It's wonderful. It's a beautiful uh, picture of God's work using Jesus. I love when Jesus comes in to wash the disciples' feet in the upper room and Peter says to him, Lord, if you're going to wash me, wash my whole body. And Jesus said, your whole body doesn't need to be clean, just your feet. And that's a picture of as we walk in the world, the Holy Spirit needs to wash the world off of us before we can have those intimate times with God, which they're about to have a very intimate time with Jesus up in the upper room. And so what a powerful part view of the Holy Spirit in water. Wine is a picture of the goodness of the Holy Spirit, and I know with my Baptist flavoring, that kind of bothers some Baptists, but the other groups, and there are some Pentecostals who are teetotalers who, who don't believe in, in, in drinking alcohol, and that's fine too. The Presbyterians, generally speaking, don't have a problem with it, so when you put all those flavors, neither do the Methodists, I'm about half and half, but wine is clearly, it's not even, it's not even really questionable. Wine is a picture of the goodness of the Holy Spirit, the good things that God gives us from the Holy Spirit, and that throughout Jesus's life, that throughout the Old Testament, that even in the New Testament, wine, whenever wine is mentioned, it is always a picture of the goodness of the Holy Spirit, and I, I think it's a powerful picture of it. It's, a, it's the fruit of the vine. It is the vine. He is 
he's the vine and we're the branches. We produce that fruit and that fruit is the goodness of God at work in the world. It, it is intricately unique, a picture of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit's at work in the world. I could do several Bible studies just off of wine and it's picturing of the Holy Spirit. Wow, what a great picture of the Holy Spirit. And then you have the picture of the Holy Spirit that is most probably identifiable with worship, and that is oil and incense, the, the liquids used in the tabernacle in worship. And it says in verse 6 here, he says what he wants them to give them is olive oil for the light. And I love it. It says olive oil for the light, meaning they're going to use that to burn and, and show the showbread, which is a, a picture of what, one of the things the Holy Spirit does is reveal Jesus in his word. And, and when you go right before you get to the Holy of Holies, there's a room. It's the inner court. And in and then, and then that room, on one side, you have a lamp. And on the other side, you had the bread of, of offering. And remember, grain offerings are fellowship offerings. And so you've got this bread that's without yeast. It doesn't have any sin. And it's over on the other side. And that, that menorah or that lamp would give light to the bread and make the room visible. That's what this is doing here. It's revealing Jesus, revealing that bread, that bread of life. And Jesus is the bread of life. And he told them. I'm the bread of life. And when he says something like that, that's what he is. He's the bread of life. And so he says, I'm the bread of life, and we need some oil to uh, reveal the bread of life. And that's one of the things the Holy Spirit does. That's one of the great works of the Holy Spirit. That's a fabulous work of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit reveals God to us initially. He calls us to repentance so that we can so that we can turn and have that conversion experience with God where we convert, where we, we determine that we're going to walk after God and not walk after ourselves. Now, we don't do it well. I'm not promising you when you have that experience, you're going to be perfect because you're not. But that experience is that time where you realize I need God more than I need me. And the Holy Spirit's all involved in that because you, the only way you know that you can get to God is through Jesus. And that's how the Holy Spirit says you got to come to Jesus. And if you come to Jesus, you're coming to God. And so that's a picture of that's a picture of the Holy Spirit revealing Jesus. And then as you're being sanctified, as you're going through the salvific process, God's continually revealing himself in his word, making himself known to us in his word. And that's one of the great works of the Holy Spirit is he is oil for the light. He he is the oil that reveals God to us. And then he says spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. There's two works that are going on here. So we got oil that provides the, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the revelation of the word of God to his people. Then you've got spices for the anointing oil. And what is the anointing oil for? There's, there's two types of anointing oil that are generally used. One of them is actually olive oil. And olive oil is used, generally speaking, for healing. It's a picture of God's work through the Holy Spirit to heal us. And that's physical healing. That's emotional healing. That's spiritual new birth. It's a picture of the work of the Holy Spirit giving us all those good things. And so you add spices to it so it smells good because it's a sweet fragrance for us and for God for him to make us new and make us alive. And then you have then you have the fragrant incense, which is a picture of the burning of that oil for and adding those spices to make it smell beautiful. It's a picture of our prayers going up to God. And that's a work of the Holy Spirit, by the way. And quite clearly spelled out in the New Testament that the Holy Spirit joins us and teaches us to pray. Jesus taught us 
how to pray or or the 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 way we pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer, but it's actually the disciples' prayer where Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. And and then we pray, but the Holy Spirit communes with our new spirit that he makes in us, and that spirit begins to speak to God in ways that we can't understand because that spirit is eternal. And and so that those fragrant offerings, not only the offerings of our prayer, but the offerings of our spirit's prayer, the offerings of the, the Holy Spirit leading us to understand those things and to walk in those things are powerful. They're really powerful and they're important parts of our walk with God. And they reveal the, the work of the Holy Spirit. Now you say, preacher, I don't believe in that. That's fine. You don't have to. Uh, I can promise you this. The Holy Spirit's still at work, whether you believe it or not. And and I can promise you this, your spirit's at work, whether you believe it or not either. And it's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll get it all worked out uh, in the end. But while it's going on, I can feel very confident and very excited that God is at work in your heart, even if you don't believe it or even if you don't, even if you don't uh, think it's happening in the ways it's happening, doesn't really matter. God was at work bringing you to redemption far before you ever even realized that was possible. And if He could do that before, He can do that during, and He will reveal all things to you afterwards. You will know as you're fully known, and you'll see it. And so it'll be good. It's fine. But I don't want you to be limited. Uh, I, like I said, once you see that three-eared rabbit in that uh, puzzle, you can't unsee it. I can promise you this, when you begin to see the work of the Holy Spirit at, at work in your lives, you can't unsee him. You just can't do it. And wow, I love that. I, I just love it. Now, I can close my eyes to it. I can close my ears off to it. I can dive headlong into the world, and the Holy Spirit might have to spend a lot of time cleaning me up so that I can begin to see it again. But I promise you this, if you're walking with God and you're beginning to walk by faith, and remember that's what really is the the avenue that we use to begin to serve God. It's not our works, it's our faith that serves God. Once you start doing that, you begin to see God again all, all over. You can go prodigal all you want to. When you get back to the Father, you begin to see the Holy Spirit again. Because once you've seen God at work around you, and he does that through his Holy Spirit. Once you see that going on, you just can't unsee it. Praise God you can. Praise God that many of you that are watching this tonight, today, watching this morning, maybe watching this in the weeks to come, maybe even in the years to come, you know what I'm talking about. And when uh, you realize that, you realize what a wonderful picture we have of the Holy Spirit in the tabernacle back when God first began to meet regularly and live among his people, which is what is going on in the wilderness at Mount Sinai and God's preparation to be with his people forevermore. And he is. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.